Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have one of my favorite people in the whole entire universe here today, my friend Kate Reardon. I'll tell you who she is to me personally, and then I'll tell you who she is professionally. So Kate was introduced, I got introduced to Kate through Jill. All of you guys know Jill, who's worked with me for, gosh, 12 years now crazy. And we were both in Bali and she's like, you have to meet this woman, Kate. And I met her in Bali and I just fell in love instantly. It was one of those soul sister, I've known you for lifetime connections. And I just adore her. She is so wise. She has traversed so many different things in her life. She is someone who truly is doing the work but also has a great sense of humor about it. You know, she's my friend that I can talk about deep stuff and do deep processing. And we can talk about past lives and she's done healing sessions on me when she's channeling things. And then we can go have a glass of wine and talk about boys (laughs) and laugh about silly stuff and eat chocolate. It's just such range. And I just love and appreciate that so much about her. The only problem is she lives in Australia where some of my other best friends live. And I know that for a lot of us right now who are apart from people we love, it's difficult. It's difficult. And thank goodness for the interwebs and technology so we can connect. And I'm so pleased to share her with you today. We we talk about so many things and I encourage you to stick with us a whole episode because we really get into some things like how do you do deep work? What somatic work? And we, we walk you through things that I think for a lot of you maybe were ambiguous or seem complex. And hopefully by sharing some of our stories, we can assist you in navigating your own life and working through some of those deeper things in the shadow work with a little bit more lightness. And you'll also hear about Kate's experience and this really awesome seven-day immersion she has coming up this next week. If you're not listening to this podcast in a timely way, don't worry, you can still go back and catch the recordings. You can sign up for a seven-day immersion. Just go to Instagram. She's Kate Reardon Loves. Last name is spelled R-E-A-R-D-O-N. And in her link tree there, there's a link to go to the seven-day immersion site. So it's all linked up there. And then there's also the longer link in the show notes if you want to just go direct. She is one of the most exquisite teachers that I know. I will be doing the immersion. (laughs) I hope a lot of you join me. And then she's got some other great programs. One thing that she didn't talk too much about is she does do some individual mentoring. She's only taking about four clients at a time. And if you're looking for a mentor, a guide, a teacher to do some really deep holistic work, like somebody that has range, so you don't have to combine a bunch of different healers, then I really encourage you to to reach out to Kate if you feel a resonance with her and feel like, okay, I'm ready for my next teacher. You know, Kate and I talk in the show about how we don't want to like hop around from practitioner to practitioner. And there are times when we feel mm, like this person has medicine for me. It's It's time for me to connect with a, a teacher and this person really feels aligned. So You can reach out to her through her Instagram as well there or her website, which I've also linked in the show notes. So a little bit more about her professionally. She is a qualified practitioner of naturopathy and nutritional medicine. She's an intuitive metaphysical healer. She's a best-selling author, speaker, facilitator, yoga teacher, devoted mother of three girls, and she's the co-founder and managing director of Natural Instinct Healing. It's an internationally acclaimed and award-winning private detox health and wellness retreat center in Bali. And now she's doing those retreats virtually. Kate also mentors clients from all walks of life across the globe, including high profile celebrities, public figures, doctors, psychologists, and so on. And I've known some of the people that she's worked with, or I should say known of. Oh my gosh, she has worked with some heavy hitters in the world. So that's how you know she's the, she's the real deal. So again, all the links in the show notes there. And a couple more things before we dive in. I made a pretty big announcement, a personal announcement on Instagram this week. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, go check that out. And I'll be sharing more in Wednesday's episode about what I announced. So stay tuned for that. And now on to my conversation with the amazing, the one and only Kate Reardon. Kate, one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. I'm so happy that you're back on the podcast with me. 
Oh my gosh, I'm like <laughs> literally jumping out of my skin excited. I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice, but this is like the best thing ever for I me. wish you could jump out of your skin and come far enough all the way from Australia to Austin, Texas, so I could see you. I hate that it's been nearly two years since I've seen you. I know. And, you know, I was thinking of when we have recorded all of the other podcasts and they've been in these like glamorous locations <laughs> in Bali and in Australia. And now I'm just like staring at my screen. I know. I will take what I can get. I know. I know. I know. Well, I mean, I could sit and talk to you for hours and hours. And I think a lot of people would actually be pretty interested in some of our conversations that we have. They get pretty juicy. They get very yeah. juicy from time to time and there's there's no ground we don't cover. But one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because you are one of the most embodied, authentic women I know. You have done the work, you definitely walk the talk and you're also super real. You're super real about what it is to be a mom, a wife, a woman, to have a body, to have a business, to be doing the work and on the path, but still be, but still feel like a newbie at times. Like you just really, really embody it all and you're just the real deal. And I know that people are really going to connect with you. So thank you for coming on and joining me today. Oh, thank you. That just gave me full body chills and made me want to cry. Thank mm, you. No, thank it's, you. It's true. I could spend the whole podcast just talking about how much I love and admire you. So we, but I won't do that because I really want to get to your wisdom. And one of the things that you, one of the many things you are very, very wise about is how we human beings navigate stress and how stress impacts us. And I've wanted to offer a lot of resources, especially now, because I feel like we're all just kind of waiting for things to get better. We're just waiting for the pandemic or whatever we want to call it to end. We're just waiting for borders to open. We're, we're just waiting waiting, waiting for life to go back to quote unquote normal. And it doesn't seem to be happening. <laughs> it seems like life just keeps changing. Our outer circumstances keep changing and everybody's kind of bracing themselves for the next curveball in so many ways, yet at the same time wishing things could quote unquote just go back to normal. So first I want to start with, because I know you work with people all, all over the world, what have you seen as a trend for humans <laughs> Um, the past year and a half? What have you noticed that's really come up for people? Oh, there's, I mean, there's been so many. And just as you were, you know, really sharing that kind of climate, I, I was just nodding my head going, yep, been in it. Yep. I relate. Yep. That's me. Like both hands in the air. And I think at this point in time, what we're all feeling, I would say collectively is exhaustion. I mean, everyone is so tired and it's, it's not this tired feeling of like, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Mm -hmm. It's just this tired feeling of like change is exhausting. Uncertainty is exhausting. Not being able to make plans is exhausting. Rearranging schedules is exhausting. And then that's just like the outer superficial layer. And then it's all of these belief systems patterns, behaviors, responses inside ourselves. It's like someone came in and shook up all of this mud that was settled on the bottom, which initially is a great thing. And it gave us so much insight and wisdom into what's going on in our own lives and are they in alignment? And we got to ask some really big questions, but someone's still shaking the jar and we haven't had a really solid place to land on. And that is what is so exhausting about it. And I feel like we're all feeling that in our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's such a good way to put it because there's a difference between being tired because I didn't get enough sleep and exhausted because just our soul is exhausted. There's just so yeah. much uncertainty and so much change that so many people have had to go through. And even for people who may not be as impacted, we're still feeling it energetically, right? Totally, totally. You know, what happens to one of us happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. And without going down some spiritual, you know, woo-woo, oneness kind of um, analogy there, it's pure science. We're mm -hmm. all interconnected. And as humans, we we only thrive when we're connected with each other. So whether we like it or not, we are all in this together. 
Mm-hmm. And for people whose lives are going great and don't feel exhausted, should they feel guilty? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is what this whole um, experience has been. It's like, how do we navigate these times? And some people are finding extreme strength and bliss and happiness. And that is so good. And I really feel that the ones are finding that are rolling up their sleeves and going in a little bit deeper to get to that point. And, and for those people who are really thriving, I like hands off salute them because that is amazing. Mm -hmm. When you talk about going in, because I think that's, those are words we use a lot, going in, doing the work, going to the deep end. What does that really mean? Yeah, it gets thrown around a lot, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. To me and my definition of that is to be in our wholeness of all that we are. So it's not just looking at what is happening in the crazy freight train of the mind. It's not just tending to our body and looking at our physiology. It's it's all of it. It's honoring all parts of who we are, mind, body, and spirit. Because we're more than our flesh and bones, as we know. We're more than this energetic stream of consciousness that runs through our thoughts. And, and, you know, we are so much more. And so when I say going in, it's really like closing down the eyes and closing out the external stimulation and external world for just a moment and going into your inner world, which has everything and more. Mm. You know, I think it'd be useful because I, of course I read your bio in the beginning, but will you tell everybody a little bit about your background and what you do so they really understand your depth of knowledge and experience here? Sure. So my background, I, I come from a very kind of integrative medical background. So I studied naturopathy and nutritional medicine at university. And that was amazing and it was but it was very science everything was um, clinically proven reading a lot of research papers looking at herbal medicine not just anecdotally but really looking at the science and and what these plants do to our biochemistry and our biology how can we utilize them how do they react with drugs all all those kinds of different things but there's always been this really energetic side to me so I'm very much a empath and mm-hmm. I've felt and seen energy ever since I was a child, like so many of us. But that part of me has always just been dialed up and dialed in. So when I started practicing as, as a naturopath and a nutritionist, people would come and see me and want you know, help figuring out what foods to eat and how to correct their sleep and certain behaviors, digestive system and hormones and things like that. But I would be seeing their energy as well and also seeing what's happening on that spiritual level for them, like in terms of, you know, I can give you all of the diet advice you want, but if you're not talking to your aunt and don't resolve that issue about jealousy or in that family mm-hmm. karma situation, then it's not going to work. So from very early on in my career, it was so clear to me that I really had to honor all these parts of myself. So I have, you know, the practitioner hat, but I also have the healer hat. And now I just blend it all together. And it, and that's been true for my own journey. Whenever I try to work on something on myself, unless I'm looking at all of the picture, my body, my mind, my heart, my soul, then I don't get well quick, quickly. Mm-hmm. But if I'm really acknowledging all parts of me, then whatever I'm going through, it, it ha- it's not always easy, but there's just this more beautiful flow to it. And I come out the other side feeling so much more whole and aligned and in my own truth and own integrity. Mm, it's 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 so true because I know whenever I try to compartmentalize my healing, like I just look at, let's just say, gut stuff without looking at the emotional connection. Or I'm just looking at maybe mood stuff and I'm not looking at 
food or how connected I am to my spirituality, I'm missing a huge, huge section. So I love that your work has so much been about the wholeness, the whole integrative approach. And and talk a little bit too about your detox and cleansing programs, because I think that a lot of people are interested in those kinds of things, but don't really know what that means. Yeah. So it, it can get so complicated when we're reading things online and seeing all different practitioners and trying trying to help ourselves and heal with the best of intentions. But it's a it's a complex area to open up into when we don't have that kind of um, real baseline of what is going on. And so for me, even though I was a therapist and I was a practitioner, I was still trying to figure out my own health. I'm like, but okay, so this happens and then that interacts. And then I get, I know, I know I have this self-awareness around this behavior, but it was kind of like all of these pieces of this puzzle were scattered across my floor, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't put them all into this beautiful picture because I just didn't know how. And then in, um, it was like 14 years ago now, I got offered a job in Thailand and it was to manage a fasting retreat center there in Koh Samui. And I had never done a fast before. I mean, I'd never been a couple of hours without food. And (laughs) so I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll just do it. I'm open to anything, you know, I'll try anything once. And I did my first fast and It was a 10-day fast, so it was carefully controlled. And what I mean by that, there were specific juices at specific times, um, a herbal protocol. We did colonics, animes. Like it was, was, you know, this carefully controlled fasting experience that I had. And honestly, it just changed my life. I remember waking up on day four. First of all, I couldn't believe that I hadn't eaten in four days. Like that was just such a strange concept to me. But the way that I felt was like nothing I'd ever felt before. I felt clean in my body. My mind was crystal clear Mm. and I just felt this deep connection to source energy. And I, so the researcher in me just went gung-ho as we'd say in Oz and just went, what is this all about? And what is so beautiful about fasting is that it's across all religion and all culture. It's one of the only common denominators that we have that connects us all together. And the reason that people fasted in the ancient ways was to come back home, to come back Mm. to themselves and to come back to their wholeness. So it was the most beautiful modality for me to really embrace as a practitioner going forward, because not only did it acknowledge the healer in me and the nutritionist and and the naturopath, but it also allowed for this intelligence and innate wisdom that we have inside of us to do Mm -hmm. its own thing. Because you you and I talk about this all the time. It's like our primary problem most of the time is getting in our own way of our yeah. healing. And so that's how I got started. And then I moved to Bali and opened my own center with my husband, Pat. And it was just this amazing, beautiful gift that people would come into the space and then this magic would happen. And mm. so for me, it's always about putting yourself in a situation where your wisdom and your intelligence is able to flow freely through you. And you don't have to fast to do that. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last 18 months is that that is available to all of us at any time, wherever we are, and no matter what is happening externally. Mm, I love that. And, you know, for a lot of people, fasting can mean different things. Maybe you need to fast from TV for a while or social media for a while as a way to start that relationship with giving up the things that you normally go to for comfort or distraction or whatever. But I've so often found that, you know, people ask me a lot, they call into the podcast or they come to retreats or they coach and they're just like, I need to figure this out. I need to solve this problem whether it be a career thing, an emotional thing, a physical thing, whatever it may be. And so often it's 
it's not that they need to solve a problem. It's that they're in a car and the windshield is really dirty. It's just been sitting yeah. outside and it's got all kinds of stuff on it. And they just need to remove what's in the way of them being able to see clearly. And when I think of facts, fasting or detoxing, it's fasting in particular, it's really about removing what's in the way so that more clarity can come forward. Because I've also found in little fasting that I've done, I'm kind of a baby about it, but I've done a little, <laughs> um, is that it brings up what I've been avoiding. It, it yes. brings up, and a lot of times it's the emotional stuff that comes up. Yes, there's a, often a physical detox and purging process, but it's the emotional stuff that comes up. And it just makes me aware of how good we are at repressing. Like, oh, yeah. how good we are. We're so yes. good. We're so good. <laughs> We're so good. And also there is an element to that that is our own intelligence that protects us until we're ready to heal. And that's the fascinating nuanced part of that that just makes me bend down in awe of this wisdom that we all have inside our bodies it, because if you look at the trauma response, you know, why do we get triggered? Some days we wake up and we're just phenomenal and things are feeling great and we can go about our day. And then one day you might hear one comment that someone says sitting next to you in a cafe, or it might be something that you hear on the radio. And then that will trigger into a piece of your somatic body experience and then bring up this whole cascade of emotional stuff. And, and when that happens, I always think, wow, like we don't invite that. We don't want it actually most of the time in my experience anyway. And how, like we're, we're definitely not in control of that. And so that wisdom that brings those things up in that particular moment at that particular time is just so fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the ways in, when you work with clients or some of the ways you could give people to, cause I have so my, this audience, they're so willing, they're so willing to do the work, but they often don't know how, you know, and I don't think that people should go digging for traumas and digging for memories or digging for stuff they need to purge. But I also know that people know that they're repressing some things, that they're distracting themselves from things, but they don't know how to open up to what needs to be revealed, right? They don't know how to turn the windshield wipers on using that analogy. What would be some things you would suggest, Kate, for people to start to look a little deeper, to make it safe for themselves to allow things that have been repressed, allow things that they've been distracting themselves from to come up so they can face them? Oh, this is such a beautiful question. I think for me, it's always the most simplest action to take is the best one. So really it's this getting quiet with yourself, whatever that looks like to you, and just putting both of your hands physically on your heart so on your chest, touching skin to skin, because this sends a biochemical message to the part of your brain that allows you to feel safe no matter what. So if both of your hands are touching your skin, palm to chest, and just closing down the eyes mm. and asking yourself, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? And see what comes up. Now, usually the first response to that is what we tell everyone else. <laughs> and it's usually, I'm fine. I'm a bit tired. I've got so much to do with my kids. I'm, but that's okay. I'm doing this. And it's the rational brain and the superficial brain. And if we just sit and relax and keep our hands connected to our body, that part's essential and keep the self-inquiry. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? And it's like peeling off these layers of an onion. Eventually we will get to this place where our body will tell us what's true. Mm -hmm. So we might start to feel pain or our 
throat might constrict or we might cry or or whatever it is. But when you hit that somatic part, you know you're in truth. Mm. And and that is where we need to take that first step of an inventory because if we don't know how we're feeling, how can we move forward? Yep. Yep. It's so true. And I would love you, for you to define somatics, your your definition of it, because it's a word, again, that we use on this show a lot, but I think a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Yeah. So for me, it's just the, the felt sense. Mm-hmm. So quite often we think, oh, I'm feeling anger, rage, and da 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 but they're expressions of what our mind is telling us that we are feeling. What I'm really interested in, because then I know that there's a deeper layer of connection happening is what's going on in the body. So I'm looking for things like I'm feeling heat in my right shoulder. I am feeling this tingling sensation in my left calf. Those responses allow us to not only tap in to a deeper layer of our being, but they're allowing more of us to be in the room because the mind is loud and it's bossy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it quite often has the microphone and whatever part of the mind is coming up, like you and I were talking about the inner critic before we got on this call because that's been so up for me in the last couple of days. That part of it is very, very loud. When we get down into the felt sense of the body, what am I feeling in my body? That is when we're inviting more depth and more understanding. And to me, that's the somatic response. It's like a, I don't want to say a deeper layer. It's another layer of experience that's open to us in every single moment, but one that we're not always connected to consciously. Mm. And how do we do it? Like if we're not working with someone like you who can guide us through, and by the way, we are getting to some offers that Kate has and opportunities to work with her. So if you're really feeling a resonance, don't worry, that's available and we're going to get to it. But for people that may not have a guide, so they feel the felt sense and they check in and they feel, okay, I feel tightness in my chest. Then what's then what? So this requires two things and these things are key bravery and honesty Mm. bravery to be in the room so that you can honestly feel sense see become aware of where you are and I say bravery and honesty and and Sometimes I think, yeah, of course, you know, and just shove them to the side. But these are our biggest allies when we are going in. Because if we don't have bravery and honesty, then we're not going to be in our full authentic truth. There's still going to be a part of us that's trying to protect or to hide. Mm. So no one's in the room with you. Do it alone. Make it beautiful. Do it in the bath or on the toilet or in the shower or like wherever you have privacy. I say on the toilet because I've got three small kids and quite often <laughs> that's the only time I'm alone during the day. But it's it's beautiful to, to see this authentic reaction of how am I feeling. And then the next part of that is what's the closest thing to me that I can do in this moment to tend to this part. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example because this happened to me a couple of days ago. Yeah. That'd be great. I, yeah. So I was just had one of those mornings where it just like everything hit the fan. My daughter had left wet clothes from her kindergarten in her bag. And as I was packing her lunch, I found them and it was disgusting. My other daughter had forgotten this homework and it was like crumpled up under her bed. My little 10 month old was literally crawling around the floor eating yesterday's food. (laughs) I had an interview that like a really important interview that I had to do in about 45 minutes. Um, It was just like one of those mornings where I could have flipped my lid, like Mm -hmm. totally. And, and, and I wasn't feeling 
great. In all honesty, I was, I was, I was scared about this interview. I was nervous. I was taking that out on my kids, snapping at them. And there was just a lot of things happening. And so I went into my bedroom and I just closed the door. My husband, Pat was there. And so I was like, take the kids. And I just went into my bedroom and I put my hands on my heart. And I was like, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? How am I feeling? I got past the anger and the aggression. I was quite revved up. So it took a little while to get into the deeper layers. And what came through in all honesty was I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to look at, okay, why am I scared? What am I afraid of? Like that doesn't matter. The feeling is what matters. So, and I felt this, this response come in my body and I started shaking and I just started rocking back and forth. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling really scared. I'm feeling really scared. I'm feeling really scared right now. And then I asked myself the question, what's the best thing I can do in this moment to serve myself, to honor this feeling? And I just looked out the window. I sat on my bed and I just looked out the window. Outside my window, there's this beautiful tree. And I just stared at it and I looked at the the color of the bark. And it's springtime here in Australia. So there's all these beautiful new flowers that are starting to come out. And I looked at the way the light hit these flowers and there was this breeze flowing. And I just looked at that tree until I felt better. And it was maybe three and a half minutes all up. But that was the simple act of what's the what's the first thing I can do that's going to make me feel better. These are the most potent, more than seeing any practitioner or enrolling in a course or, you know, adding more, I've got to do all the things to heal myself. It's like, what can I do in this moment? And for me, it was just holding myself and and staring at this tree. Sometimes it'll be going and having a cup of tea or just lying with my legs up the wall in in that yoga posture and just breathing. These are the things that yield the most potent results in our healing, Mm. the most potent. And they're the simplest ones. I I love that because you had to be brave enough to take the space and to go in and to be willing to look and honest enough to go, okay, I can see the anger and agitation. I can see myself snapping, but what's underneath is I'm really scared. And that's how it is for me too. Like if we were flying back from Arizona yesterday and I have had just sinus stuff um, lately and just was so congested and so dry there. And on the descent, I started having, um, and this has happened to me a couple of times in my life, but really bad sinus pressure, like uh, like knives in my head. My teeth felt like they were about to fall out. My cheeks felt like they were going to explode, like excruciating pain. When it comes to head stuff, I have a pretty high pain threshold. And, you know, this is, this goes on 40 minutes and I can't really articulate. And I think my husband, cause he sees me have headaches so much. He kind of is over it, you know, cause he always yeah. feels great. He always feels great. He never gets sick. He doesn't have any physical ailments. And he, I just have a oh, sensitive so body. I know. It's people. so freaking annoying. <laughs> And so it's a tension point in our relationship because he's like, it's always something with you. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have a very sensitive system. Like I'm just sensitive. He's like, you're drawing these, you're attracting these things. And I'm like, oh my God. So <laughs> it's it's a sticking point. And so I'm in this pain and like, he's just continuing to type work on his Instagram posts, like over on the side. And the other thing is like, I don't think he really knew how much pain I was in. Cause again, he sees me in that. And I, I was just kind of trying to manage, manage the pain, manage the pain. And then I noticed like later that night and even today, I just wanted him to go away. Mm. I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to be around him. And I was irritable and I was, I was really tired and I'm still kind of recovering from the intensity of that experience. Cause you know, when you have really intense pain, it takes the body and the nervous system a little while to recover from it. Absolutely. But then I went... I went in and, you know, I could see the anger and the, and I could get on the track of like, he's insensitive nah, 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 and his Instagram post is more important than me basically dying next to him. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. I could get yeah. into all of that. But then it was like, I, I feel really hurt. And then when I went deeper, I found shame. I was Ooh. like, oh, wow. Because I could feel the hurt and I could feel the tears. But then I went even deeper somatically into my gut. You know, yeah. and that that sent that 
that third chakra that's all about relationship to self, right? And I just kind of felt it cave in and kind of get cool. And I was like, oh, wow, there's shame there. Like I felt shame that I had an issue, that I had a problem. And I felt shame that, you know, I I have this sensitive body, right? Mm. And when I got to that, it was like, oh, wow, then I could soften. Then I could soften and actually articulate, you know, what was really going on with me. And But when we don't take the time to do that and we don't go in and ask the body and we aren't brave enough and honest enough with ourselves, then we're just going to focus on that surface emotion of anger, irritability, or even sadness can sometimes be up there at the surface, but that usually there's something deeper. So thank you so much for giving that example and <laughs> and bringing this example out of me too, because I think it will yeah. help people really see that you know we're never really upset about what we think we're upset about. Like there's a trigger- yes. But there's something deeper that it's hitting. And I'm sure with you, being scared about the interview was hitting deeper stuff. It wasn't just this interview. It was hitting every time you felt not good enough, every time that you felt rejected, all that stuff. Absolutely. And I think what is so beautiful about this, and it just really hit home for me when you shared that story, and this goes back, circling back to the wisdom and intelligence of our body, there is just this vast wisdom of our body that is far beyond comprehension of our mind. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, and this is such a beautiful example of what happened to you in that moment, when you hit the shame or whatever it is at the bottom there, your body relaxes Yep, because that wisdom is like, she's got it. And then it just, there's an opening. And I just got full body chills as I said that. Yep. It's like just going down and down and down and feeling and, and and when you get it, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. And what happens biochemically in that moment is that there's a part of you that alerts your brain to this understanding and then the actual muscles expand because you have come back into safety. You've come back into the parasympathetic nervous system. And this happens just automatically as we respond to life, which is so beautiful. But if you're not looking at those deeper layers, you can't go into that expansive. And when I'm talking about expansion, I'm not talking about expansive spiritual woo-woo. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about actual biochemistry here, the muscles relax, the energy blood flow goes from the extremities back into the core, back into the heart, back into the gut. So you're going from sympathetic nervous system, which is flight or fight into parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. We only do that when we feel safe, but having this understanding and knowing the body will go and she's got it and we're back mm-hmm. in here and it kicks into another gear and you, your shame hasn't moved per se but your understanding of what's happening has opened which allows for this direct experience in the physical tissues of our body and for me that's just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I love that you're connecting it to the science and to the physicality because I think a lot of people also kind of go, okay, I'm brave and honest. I get to it with shame or I get that it was fear. And then what? You know, it's always like, what's the yeah. next step in the five-step process? And yes. it, it, I think what we're highlighting here is that it's really about compassion. It's like when you mm. get it and you greet it. Now, if I had been mad at myself about the shame or shamed about myself about the shame or then tried to analyze where's the shame coming from and what memory do I need to process? And if I had gone into my head, then that would have possibly diverted me. But it sounds like what you did and what I did is like, okay, there it is. Compassion. What do I need in this moment? And then the body doesn't need to give us messages by rubbing us up and putting us into fight or flight or making us irritable or giving us knots in our stomach or heaviness in our chest. So it's it's really pretty simple. It's like, okay, let me let me feel into, literally feel into what's really going on. And I think we both are saying there's a visceral experience when you get it. When you're like, "Oh, that's what I'm really feeling." <laughs> you know. That's you know, you know. And one of a little hack that I use quite often is okay, this is happening in my mind. I'm angry, I'm this, I'm this. Okay, 
I understand that. And then I put that aside and I will out ask myself, what's happening in my body now? And that just allows the mind to kind of do what it needs to do without being the main focal point, because that is where we get tripped up most of the time. And then I will even go further and say, and what's happening for me on that deeper spiritual soul level? And this is where I feel the rubber really hits the road because in that space, you're, you're out of this. It's like, Pema Chodron, one of one of my teachers, she says, you know, the weather is, it's all our emotions and everything that happens, but we're the whole sky, baby. I mean, she doesn't say it like that, but that's <laughs> Kate's interpretation. And so when I, when I go into that, what's happening on us, okay, so this is happening on the mind and this is happening on the body. I'm feeling all these things and what's happening on the soul. And then it's just, I remember that I'm the sky. I'm not the weather. Mm. And this is just an experience and it's something I'm going through and I am so much more. And so that really helps me not to compartmentalize, but to also make sure that all parts of me are being seen and felt in that moment and not just the story and narrative that I'm telling myself in my mind. That's helpful too, for people that feel like if they go into their feelings, they're going to get lost. Like they're opening up a can of worms that just is going to swallow them and eat them alive, especially for people that have had a lot of trauma. So any guidance for people who, who have had a lot of trauma, who are really scared that if they drop in to those feelings, it's going to trigger a memory and they're going to time travel back to a traumatic event. The beautiful thing about trauma is that it reveals itself when we are ready to heal it. So true. And like like you said before, it's like you you can go digging around there with your tor- your head torch on and you're, you know, chiseling away at whatever, but it's not it's it's got its own timeline that doesn't care about our agenda or um, appropriate moments. And I say that with a smile on my face because a lot of my big triggers of trauma in my life have been at the most inappropriate times. I'm like, really? Today? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, you know, and so trauma will really come up to the surface when you are ready. Now I say that with a grain of salt because most of the time when it comes up, we don't feel like we are ready. And it's in that moment that we really have to lean in to grace and to faith and to our prayers because we have to surrender to the bigger cycles and know that, okay, trauma's knocking on my door. I must be ready. I must, I must be ready. Like I don't feel ready. I'm you know, literally like shaking with fear right now, but but it's here. And so I, that's what I say. And, and so many of us, and you know, you and I talk about this all the time, Christine, when you're on the path of self-growth and self-healing and you're making some leeway, it's really hard to just to stay surrendered because you're like, okay, and what else is in there? And what else can I move through? And right. what other issues have I got? And, you know, you just want it all out and all clear and have that transformation right now. But you can't yell at a tree and force it to grow. You don't stand there screaming at the flowers going, bloom, bloom, bloom. <laughs> there is this organic, natural process that happens. And we have to surrender to that. We mm. have to. And so, If things are coming up, the first thing I do and for myself, and I'll just speak directly for myself, is I pray. I'm like, I'm calling in everything right now because I'm going to have to lean on every single muscle that I have in this moment to get through. And I just pray. And my praying may look like a walk on the beach. It may look like a cry you know, a big cry in the morning in my bedroom, it, that there's so many different ways for us to pray mm. and trusting and surrendering in the process that is greater than what we have access to in that moment is always, it's always going to take us up to another beautiful layer of living these 
incredible lives that we've been gifted. So I would say to people, just allow it to happen and get out of the way. Allow life to happen to you and flow through you and move through you. It's you are you are perfect as you are in this moment and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, and just keep allowing it. And I think even more so the last 18 months have taught me that more than anything. I mean, I thought I was kind of chill, surrendered, flowing type of person before. (laughs) And then I realized, whoa, I'm not so chill actually. And uh, not really good at this whole surrendering thing. And I'm just deeper and deeper into it every single day. And so we're in co-creation with our healing journey. Yes, it's about us and moving forward in this life. But there's also, if you're so contracted in trying to control everything, you miss all the magic and the magical moments are the ones that, that we will take with us for the rest of our lives. It's so true. It's so true. And, and I always like to remind people that surrender isn't resignation. Surrender isn't like, I give up. I'm just going to sit on my couch and wait for the universe to do something about it. It really is loosening the reins and just dealing with what presents. You know, we got a great question. We were facilitating a workshop and someone was just basically asking like, how much time do I spend digging, you know, looking Mm -hmm. for memories and healing? And, and my response in a nutshell was, it's really not about digging. It's about what presents, like, what are you getting triggered with right now? What in your life doesn't feel aligned? And then you use that as the doorway to, okay, what's the healing opportunity here? What is this perhaps reminding me of? What am I feeling in my body? But to just go digging for the sake of digging, because we think we need to do that for our personal growth, to me is more about control than about surrender. And it can, and it can force the nervous system and the psyche to go to places that we're not ready to go to. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. And I always do the self-inquiry because i that's an old pattern of mine for sure. And it still comes up from time to time. And I always have this inquiry. I'm like, who's holding the shovel? Mm. Right. And that always gives me insight as to, oh, it's my unworthiness. Oh, I don't feel good enough. Oh, I'm in comparison again. You know, that it's like, why, why am I digging? Why do I feel like I need to go around to a hundred practitioners right now? (laughs) You know, like, which is also a pattern of mine, but, and, and these patterns come up to remind us and that's okay. But it's always like, who's controlling this behavior. And I think exactly what you just said, having that awareness and that perspective is so helpful in um, enabling us to go forward in a healthier way. I want to talk about this pattern of running to different practitioners because it's definitely one (laughs) I can raise my hand to. And I know that it's one that people on the show can raise their hand to too. They just get so committed or they've had one great experience with a practitioner. They've had a breakthrough and then we just, we just get thirsty for more and we, we just want to heal everything now, right now. And this person's going to have the answer, or maybe this astrologist is going to tell me when I'm going to meet the love of my life, or maybe this psychic is going to tell me if I should move. And maybe this counselor is going to help me finally heal my mom's stuff, like whatever it may be. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because this is you and I, right? There's so many, many times where we've called each other out going, are you just like running around right now? Like. (laughs) And I know that you've definitely called me out on this over the years. Likewise. For me, for me, the way that I see it is this. There are so many incredible practitioners out there. Don't get me wrong. And at times we all need them. I mean, I just look at my team and, you know, I've got a coach and I've had counseling and then body work and all of the things, right? But no one knows you as well as you do. And of course we get blindsided and these people come in to help and support, but essentially no one can do your work for you. No one can love you for you. No one can bring you into that state of complete self-acceptance and self-respect for you. And so when we 
get into this habit of, in my industry, we call them prac hoppers, which is like they go from practitioner to practitioner. When we get into that prac hopping, it's like it's a disembodied, disempowered part of us. Mm. So, and this, and, and I, I, I recognize this, it resonates so deeply with me and I will put both hands in the air to say this, this is me at times. So now instead of, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and also it gets to the point where someone's like, oh my God, I had this amazing session. I'm already Googling them to book in before I've even heard anything. My friend today, I know my friend today was like, I had this amazing meeting with this karmic lady and showed me this, 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 and this. And I, I caught myself right before I was about to ask her, can I get her number? Cause I'm like, no, Christine, like you've had enough Akashic readings and past life readings and car. Like you're good. You're good. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, how how many things can you book into? Yeah. And there's always like new shiny yep. ones out there, right? Yeah. So for me, it comes back to this self-discerning thing of is this going to be like what part of me is wanting that session again? And so if it's like, you know what, I genuinely really need help, support, direction, clarity, whatever it is, then I will go and book it. And if it's like, I just want to feel better because I don't feel good right now. And then I will tend to that part. It always comes back to that self-inquiry and that self-discernment. And even as I'm talking right now, I'm just noticing that both hands are on my chest as I'm asking that question, because I'm, I'm tapping into the deeper layer of who, who wants the session right. <laughs> and, and why do we want this session? And if it's going to take the power out of your body and give it to someone else, then the answer for me is a hard no, because we get into that trap of, you know, going around and expecting other people to fix us. And it's the most disempowering thing. And, and it's so tricky because it's nuanced. We're thinking, oh, I'm going to have acupuncture and I'm doing this and I'm doing all the things. But what essentially, if the intention isn't aligned with your higher purpose, you're just, you're just going and giving your power away to all of these people over and over and over again. Yep. Yep. But when it is I no, I really, I really need the help. And you're, you know, you're usually the first person on my speed dial when I'm like, help Same. <laughs> it's like, I, I genuinely, I can't see a way out of this. I yep. need help. I'm not disempowering myself. I'm really like, I'm swallowed under something here. And, and then when we go and meet with that energy, we're already open. Yep. We're already vulnerable. We're already committed to healing. And then the practitioner, the therapist, the coach, the healer, whoever meets us in that space, it's this beautiful connection that enables transformation. It's that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. And, and we're coming from the place of, okay, not, not fix me, but yes, I've helped me. Yeah. (laughs) I, I am lost in a new foreign city and you speak the language and you have a map. So help me out here. I've, got, I've gotten as far as I can on my own and I really yeah. need help versus just going, running around looking for someone to give us a magical answer about something. And I think that's, I think we all go through that at some point, especially in our personal development phase where we're just hungry for information and it's fun yes. and it's, it's, it's wonderful to learn what our gene key is and our human design and like our attachment style and that's it's in our past lives lives. yes it's just it's just great maybe throw a little plant medicine in there and you know we're doing the we're doing the things but yeah I think there's at some point where we graduate and we Mm. only deal with what is presenting we only deal with okay I don't go to the doctor you know, when I'm not feeling sick, just to be like, can you just check everything and make yeah. sure that like I'm good? <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're a hypochondriac, but yes. we go when there's, when there's a real acute issue and we're concerned mm. and we need some help. And uh, listen, I will never not have coaches, practitioners, healers. It's always going to be part of my team, Christine. But yes. one thing that I've noticed is I run to less people for my answers. And that yes. has been part of my maturity and my own personal development, part of my healing too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 
as you naturally evolve through this process, so do the people that you work with as well. And then it's it's kind of like, and I, I know I'm just thinking of the space that you hold for me. It's like you totally call me out on my bullshit because I need someone to do that in that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. need someone, you're going to be okay and it's all good and mm-hmm. and you're amazing. Like I don't need the smoke and mirrors and the ice cream slathered all over me. I need no. someone that's <laughs> like, hey, shut up, step up, yeah. get on with it. And then and that's the most fierce, loving, supportive thing that I could possibly receive in that moment. And so when you're super committed to to doing the work, but from your own sense of power, from your own sense of source connection, from this place where you know that you have it all within you. We just need support sometimes to help you redefine and allow those access points to come back. It changes everything. It It changes everything. It really does. And it's all a journey. We're all in different phases. I really do think personal development is is a lot like school. You know, you don't jump from kindergarten to freshman in college. You or uni, as you would say, you really (laughs) go through the different the different stages. Um, And so, no, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge everybody who's listening because I know you all are so committed to your growth, and you're not doing anything wrong. (laughs) Like if you're a practitioner hopping, great, awesome, learn as much as you can. That's that's amazing. And then you'll hit a phase where you're like, you know, I'm just going to listen to myself for a while. Now I'm going to maybe see my chiropractor, my acupuncturist, but I'm just going to just going to tune in and then another level will come up and you're like, it's time for my next teacher. And we can, we can just trust that natural evolution of things. Um, and speaking of teachers, I know that you have a program coming up this next week that people can jump into. And don't worry everybody, if you're listening to the podcast a little later after it came out, we're going to give you some other options. Um, but you're walking people through, um, a seven day process. Will you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I'm so excited about it. It's called the Vital Wellbeing Immersion and it's an online program. It's all free. It's accessible for anyone, wherever you are, um, at any level and anywhere in the world. And I have noticed that people just, we, we need to speak to what's up at the moment. And it's not like, how do I deal with this pandemic? It's like, how do I deal with this exhaustion? And, and I've got all of this like residue that's in my mind and my heart. And, you know, I want to change, but I also, I want to go through this in a healthy way. And so it's really allowing wisdom, tools, insights, and practical, tangible steps to meet this time, not the big, you know, pandemic 101, how to deal with this. No, it's, it's not that language. It's how do we meet ourselves no matter what is happening in our external environment so we can maintain our alignment, our truth, our love, our heart, and still be having extraordinary experiences no matter what's going on on the outside. And, you know, Christine, it's something that I mean, you and I have spoken endlessly about, it's like meeting, meeting things as they are and still finding the joy and finding the wholeness and the love because we still have access to all of it all of the time. It's just when stress comes in, when overwhelm comes in, when uncertainty comes in, it contracts our access points. And then we kind of go into this amnesia and and we believe that everything that we are is just that one moment that we have of feeling tired, depressed, anxious, worried, scared. So it's about opening up into our wholeness. And I, I'm teaching a whole bunch of masterclasses that I'm so excited about. And people will walk away with tools and tangible action steps Make sure you bring your pens and paper because I'm mm-hmm. giving a lot of homework so that it is an immersive experience. And I cannot wait. Mm. And what I love is that you're the kind of teacher that teaches people how to heal themselves. And that's really the opportunity. And can you talk about the different levels that you're teaching the master classes on? 
Sure. So we, um, and I was sharing this with you before we jumped on this call. It's not a heavily studio lit, I'm not in all this fancy makeup and all these fandangled slides and everything. It's me in my lounge room, very raw and authentic coming to you in your lounge room, very raw or authentic or wherever you're watching, listening or tuning in. And I broke it down into three masterclasses. So we're going to focus on the body, the somatic response of stress, what's actually happening in our biochemistry, how can we counteract some of those effects with food, with supplementation, what does that look like, sleep hygiene, all of the things that really speak to the denser layers of our being, our, our physical tissues. The next masterclass is about our mental and emotional health and really looking into um our behaviors, our self-limiting beliefs, and really our responses to stress, those knee-jerk responses, and how can we create a little bit more space around the mental patterning of our minds to support us during this time and going forward. And then the last masterclass is really looking at the soul level. And for me, it, it all comes down to self-care. And it's not this 101 self-care, go out in nature, get your walk. Like, I'm not teaching the five steps how to. It's like, why aren't you taking care of yourself right now? Why are, uh, why are you not showing up in the way that you need right now? And really breaking down the nuanced complexities that happen in this multi-dimensional being that we are. So there's a lot of stones that will be unturned, a lot of deep dives, a lot of homework, and really just this beautiful self-inquiry of how can I how can I feel, be, and express more love right now? And that mm. love primarily starts with us. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to those. <laughs> yeah, I I'm so excited too. I want to listen to them too. And and people can join at any time, any time zone. It's going to be recorded, so don't worry about feeling like you miss it. Where do people go to to register? So if you go to naturalinstinctwellbeing.com, all of the details are there, or you can find me on Instagram, which is Kate Reardon Loves, and all of the details are in my bio. It starts on November the 2nd, um, but like you said, people can, can catch up whenever they listen, and I am just so excited to, to be offering this. It's really from my heart. It, it really feels like it's just this beautiful gift that I'm, I'm giving people. And that feels so, so, so nice for me too. Mm, I love that. I love that. And what else, if people want to work a little deeper with you, what other options do you have for people? So I do run virtual online retreats. I do have a retreat center in Bali, but unfortunately no one can get there right mm. now. So because of the um, nature of our times, we've shifted to virtual detox retreats and they happen every couple of months. So that option is there if people are really called to do a controlled fast or a detox or really need that cleanse, that line in the sand moment to take them through to the next level, that option is there. And then my private work is I take people through a three moon cycle. So they work together one-on-one -on -one with me and I hold their hand through, through you know, that, that part of their journey, meeting whatever is in them. And I bring all of me to that. So that's my naturopathic background, my nutritional background. We work on the biochemistry and, and really looking at the physical body and what's happening on that anatomic level, like if the hormones are out or the nervous system's out or really getting everything into a homeostasis. And then we do all of the um, the esoteric, energetic, kind of crazy, the more crazy Kate side of me comes out. and um, <laughs> The magical at, Kate side of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just looking, looking at, you know, old patterns, ancestral lines, um, guides, energy, emotion, all of that. So 
definitely no stone is left unturned into those three moons. And I say moons because I'm very big with ritual and ceremony and working in harmony with mother nature. That's one of my really primary core values is how can we really come back to you know, to the mother and not in the feminine sense of gender, but in the sense of wholeness and harmony within ourselves. So we work with the moon and that part of it is so exciting for me because it allows this beautiful co-creation with, with an energy that is far beyond us. And I, I love getting to dive deep with people. That's what I'm most, most passionate about. And I have been lucky enough to have sessions with you and they are some of the most powerful sessions I have ever had and massive, massive game changers. So if you want to work with Kate in any capacity, maybe you want to do this, the seven day, are you calling it a retreat? Are you calling it a challenge? What are you calling it? The seven day? We're calling it in immersion. An immersion. I love it. Yeah. Do you like that? I I do. That was quite good. I like the immersion. (laughs) I I like that word. I like it a lot. I'm all about immersions. (laughs) Um, So you can do that. You can look into one of her virtual retreats. You can even, she has a couple spots to work one on one with people. If you're really feeling like, okay, I'm ready for my next teacher and I'm really ready for someone who can, who can see deeply. Like I don't want to fart around anymore, run into a lot of different people. Kate is your one-stop shop. I can guarantee you that. So if you're feeling a real call and a resonance with her, I encourage you to reach out to her directly. Instagram's a good way. And just say, okay, I'm feeling the call. And, and she can talk to you a little bit more about how she can work with you. Anything else you want to say about that, my friend? Oh, I just thank you so much. I mean, mm. I'm just so happy to be with you. And I know that you know, your gifts and your light and your heart has been such a blessing in my life. And I feel so grateful to get to share with your audience today. I just, my heart is so full. Today will be the best day. It's early morning here in Australia. And I just thank you for allowing me this space to share. I'm so grateful. It's, it's my pleasure. The only downside is the more I talk to you, the more I miss you. And I know a lot of people can relate to being far away from people that they love and care about. And so we feel you on that one. It's hard to be away from, from people that you love so much, but thank God for the interwebs and Wi-Fi that we can at least connect this way. So we'll put all the links um, below, but go ahead and give the website and your, your Instagram handle again, just in case people are listening and want to go check it out right now. So my Instagram handle is Kate Reardon loves and the naturalinstinctwellbeing.com is the website. Amazing. Thank you, my friend. I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you, Angel.